Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan and welcome to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers. Tonight I'm joined by two sartorial peacocks of the comedy circuit, resplendent Sajila Kershi and plendent, that is a word, Leo Kirst. <laughs> uh, Leo, rocking TK Maxx's finest apparel tonight. £50. They, they can have that advert on GB News for free. Uh, last night I was praising Primark. Tonight I will get behind TK Maxx. T-shirt Primark. I, Two come pounds. On. You are, well, wait, well, I think yeah. you need a pay rise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think somebody in Bangladesh round for Mr. Curse. Some children definitely need a pay, pay rise somewhere. This is but, £2. But don't you think that like, TK Maxx, we do mention them quite a lot on this show, and I think they should start giving us the clothing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, shitless women, they get, like, clothing given to them. Yes, they come do. Come on, guys, give us some clothing. That's we'll, right. We'll happily wear your stuff and advertise it, like... Ruthlessly. For people that don't know about TK Maxx, it's basically a shop where everything's on sale. Isn't yeah, it? mm -hmm. it's great. It's fantastic. But yeah, we could do the Oscars red carpet thing. Yeah. Like, who are you wearing? Yeah. TK. What are you wearing? <laughs> and, and listen, a quick word on the nails uh, because mm. they are very coordinated with your with your blouse. Yeah, they're they're more sort of orangey kind of because I thought summery shade, summery shade. I couldn't quite get the red today because I like my reds. Well, I think you're giving, blue it, today. you're giving it the full Cruella de Vil. I am. And we're loving every second. <laughs> Lots of stories to get through. But first, let's take a look at tomorrow's front pages. And let's start with the Sunday Telegraph. Tories at war over calls to cut taxes. Sources close to Johnson clash as MPs demanding urgent action are told to grow up. Also, Iran dangerously close to getting the bomb and agency staff may be used to break, in inverted commas, Marxist union strikes. Next up, The Guardian. Families broken by unregulated court experts and Johnson faces rural fury over post-Brexit food strategy. Anger grows before West Country poll. Plans to aid farmers have been stripped to the bone. Sunday Mirror now. James Bulger exclusive. Dominic Raab gives hope of justice at last. Murdered toddler James Bulger could get justice after a long wait. His mum, Denise Fergus, met the Justice Secretary Dominic Raab ahead of a parole bid by one of uh, James's killers. Denise has said, I left with hope. Next up, should we go to the Sunday Times, Jake? Let's have a look at Charles. Prince Charles won't be Prince Charming if he keeps on meddling, say, ministers. That's the topic of my big opinion monologue, which you'll find on Twitter via at DB News. Scorchio gets set to swelter like Spain. And Johnson turns his back on the green agenda. The cost of living crisis forces a rethink on rewilding. And thousands of miles from Kiev. Putin's war is taking food from millions. Sunday Express now, as the Prince of Wales is reported calling Priti Patel's Rwanda migrant scheme appalling, MPs and royalists warn him, stay out of politics, Charles. Plus, smugglers boast on TikTok how easy it is to get across the channel as the UK spends a billion pounds 
housing them. Daily Star Sunday. Convicts doing community service told to work from home and make a scarf. Nitwits is the headline in the Daily Star Sunday. They very rarely disappoint. And those are your front pages. Let's kick off with The Observer, and Putin's actions seem to have emboldened China, Leo. Yeah, that's right. So, as we know, Taiwan, which is an island off the coast of mainland China, that sees itself as independent, but China doesn't see it as independent. Uh, so China says it'll start a war if Taiwan declares independence, according to Defence Minister Wei Fengi. Uh, no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, I think he's got other stuff to worry about than my pronunciation. So he said this in <laughs> Singapore, uh, and the US Defence Secretary, of course, denounced his destabilising words. I mean, at a time where I don't know how China can look at what Russia's doing in Ukraine and be like, oh, well, that seems to be going so well for them. I mean, look at them. Look at them now that all their yachts have been seized. And, uh, and you know, they've, they've lost so many lives and so much. They've dis destroyed their own economy. Uh, for the sake of, you know, they've got about three turnip fields in eastern, eastern Ukraine. It doesn't really seem worth it. Well, people forget history, don't they? Forget well, how World War One and War Two were started. I think it's a little bit like a, I don't know, um, if I can't have you, Taiwan, yeah. then no one will have you, Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, China, who knew that you were so passionate and uh, sexy? Well, well indeed, <laughs> and Taiwan is a desirable love object. A love object, keeping yes, with that theme, coveting it. it Taiwan is not a, an obscure outpost. It's an economic and political powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and Taiwan is, is a huge, a huge uh, uh, hub of economic activity. Yeah, and strategically important in this in that sea. I can't remember what that sea is called. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, manufacturing output. Oh yeah, and that predates the uh, the Chinese economic boom. So you know, since since the fifties, Taiwan has been this economic powerhouse. And it's, it's hugely, hugely important in the region. But it's not the... I mean, it'd be much more difficult for China to invade Taiwan uh, as Russia to invade Ukraine, because uh, I mean, it's basically flat land between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, Taiwan, there's, there's, a, there's a big sea in the way. So, uh, so you'd have to get across there. And Taiwan, they've made themselves a sort of hedgehog state. So they've got a lot of defences to stop China ever trying to, to do it. Would, would the West handle an attack on Taiwan differently to Putin's attack on Ukraine, Leo? Well, President Joe Biden said during a visit to Japan in May that Washington would defend Taiwan militarily if China uh, was uh, China ever attacked Taiwan. And that's a, that's a clear declaration. There's, I mean, previously, um, you know, Washington has had a policy of strategic ambiguity where they said, well, we might, but we might not, to sort of, you know, put the, like Putin does with the missiles. He says, well, we might nuke you. And then everybody's a bit scared to do anything. So, so, uh, so, you know, there's no ambiguity there. America's saying, yeah, if you touch Taiwan, if you invade Taiwan, you're, you're getting nailed. It is like fighting over a woman, isn't it, in a way? It really <laughs> is. A really uh, hot woman. <laughs> a, hot, a really Someone hot woman. You. Because, yeah, obviously it's like fighting over Sajila Kershi. <laughs> oh, God, my days of men fighting, out, fighting over me. But well, the well nail varnish is a deal-breaker for so, me. Yeah. Has that happened but, before? Yeah. Uh, have, they, have they fought for me before? I, uh, well, that would be telling, wouldn't it? And it doesn't matter what I say, because it's like, uh, that's the past now, anyway. So <laughs> the spokeswoman, the Ministry of Spokeswoman over there, Joan Owl, 
Uh, do you remember Jo Lau? She was a comedian on the circuit, very good. Mm. Anyway, well, she's, um, gone. She she's gone places. Huh? She's come a long way since she's comedy. She's come a long way, yeah. Uh, she's done very well for herself. Uh, so she said Taiwan has never been under the jurisdiction of Chinese government and the people of Taiwan will not succumb to threats of force from the Chinese government. Mm. Good on you. So, yeah. you know, this, this Taiwan, if it was a woman, is fighting back and saying, nobody, nobody's the boss of me. Yeah. 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 Uh, OK, well, look, there's trouble in the East, but let's move on now. The Sunday Express... Sajila, and whilst Putin inspires China, it seems like America have been inspired by the Conservatives. Oh, gosh, well, so, uh, the, UK, <laughs> the UK are obviously starting a trend. Uh, Joe Biden has... Um, and, and also, I, I don't know, Joe Biden's not necessarily complimentous, uh, in my opinion, only in my opinion. Um, and so I don't know how much of this is like he sees things and things and maybe that's a good idea, but I don't know, might have an idea. So Joe Biden's basically proposing sending refugees from Latin America to Spain and he's promised a crackdown on illegal immigration into the USA. So kind of following Rwanda kind of uh, mm. model, if you like. However, this kind of differs a little bit because um, he's saying that, um, you know, he's basically wanting to provide pathways for people of, from poorer countries to work in richer ones, um, and other countries are agreeing to this. Now, a few years back, back in 2018, uh, you, you may or may not know this, but there was a global compact signing in uh, Marrakesh, where 152 nations signed this compact to kind of agree that they would be safe. We'd work collectively as, 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 as continents and, you know, come together to ensure that there were safe and legal passages so that you wouldn't have these drug smugglers, uh, the people smugglers and etc. And I know this because I was at the global compact signing. I was their only comedian that they'd booked. Um, That's a tough corporate gig, isn't it? <laughs> it you like, perform comedy. Who books that gig? <laughs> yeah, um, and it was I was the inspirational speaker, right. um, and, and uh, yeah, so inspiring that basically I still had to be censored on what I said. So uh, and, and they came up with the Rwanda plan after that. Yeah, they were going up the Rwanda <laughs> plan after. Thought, yeah, let's get rid of Sajila. <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, the thing is, it's it's it's. Um, I, I quite like that he he's going for a different approach, which is like bring. You know, and I don't know if we why we can't adopt that. It's like have labour, have them come over for a temporary visa and let them work, and then go. Because a lot of people, a lot of the migrants, want to come okay. over and have a better life. Uh, so, Julia, we need to fix your microphone. Whilst we do that, uh, Leo, how ironic that the world's most woke politician, Joe Biden, is now considering such an evil policy that's been <laughs> rolled out by Pretty Patel. Yeah, and I wonder if all these leftists who are who are so scathing of Rwanda. Uh, will think it's OK to be sent to Spain, uh, which, you know, to me, reeks all these Guardianistas who say, oh, no, we can't send people to Rwanda. It's a, it's a terrible country. Well, if they say it's OK to send people to Spain just because, you know, Hillary and Joe Biden think it's OK to send people to, to Spain, it reeks of, uh, it reeks of uh, racism, frankly, well, on the go. left. They, you know, the, they're definitely the new racist. But, yeah, this is kind of... Uh, it's making it a bit awkward that, like, our, our plan to deal with, uh, with illegal immigrants is now just to send them to, like, a faraway place yeah, uh, I, so I, for America, it's Spain. For us, it's Rwanda. For Rwanda, it's probably Iceland. It's uh, yeah. It's... I mean, I think if we keep doing this, if we keep passing the immigrants, mm. if we keep passing like the pass the parcel, you know, like a very inhumane thing to do. <laughs> uh, but we don't probably end up in our sort of 
and country of origin. Well, yeah. And I, I'll go to. I, I, where okay. would you like to go? Because I, I think you know. If you, why don't you kind of try this scheme out first? I'd like so to stay right it. here. I'd like to stay right here in the greatest country. I'm well, if you're going to, no, that's if why everybody's trying to get into it. Well, if you're if you're going to endorse the Rwanda scheme, I think yeah. you should. I think it, we. I, I I think we should vote for Leo to go over there and check it out. I would love. I would check love to out. go to Rwanda. In fact, if I was a refugee fleeing France. Uh, to come to, to the UK. I would far rather go to Rwanda yeah, than go to I, Dundee. I, I'll, I'll throw your papers away in the water as well so that when you get there, you can't get back. Well, I, I read the papers <laughs> on my phone, so... Uh, well, you know I'll what? take your phone <laughs> as well. I'm inspired by this. I might try to enter America illegally just so I get a couple of months in Ibiza. You know, it's oh, Ibiza easier would be nice. Ibiza. Tenerife is technically Spain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Play Pat, Americas? Fly a Tenerife for five ninety nine on Ryanair. I mean, you land, in, uh, you land in Madrid. I'd rather go in a dinghy. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on now to the Mail on Sunday with news that pasta and bread might soon go the way of petrol, Leo. Yeah, so Putin's forces are apparently deliberately targeting wheat fields in Ukraine uh, to, try and, to try and reduce the crop that Ukraine can export. And this comes on top of, uh, you know, the, the Russians are blockading Ukrainian ports to stop uh, wheat getting out. There's, there's 20 million tonnes of grain sitting in silos uh, at, the, at the Black Sea port of Odessa. Uh, so, th and this is, this is part of a... This is part, I reckon this is part of a strategy to starve people in the Middle East, because mm -hmm. so much of that grain goes to the Middle East yeah. and Africa. So he wants to starve people in the Middle East and Africa to generate a new wave of instability in those regions and generate a new wave of migrants uh, coming north, coming into Europe, as he did in 2014 and 2015, when he, he took part in the Syria campaign, which he's, he's still involved in, and created so much instability there and sent Syrian refugees, who are still, still coming up to Europe and caused you know, a lot of instability, which definitely contributed to, to Brexit and contributed to uh, you know, Europe breaking up. Um, and yeah, th this is they're, they're using missiles, uh, and apparently it's uh, you know it's questionably legal because they're they're not using them to target armaments. They're using them to to you know hit economic uh, facilities and grain and things like that. And also they're running out of accurate missiles. Uh, so all, all their accurate cruise missiles have been used up, and uh, now they're just you know firing these haphazard rockets that they've got left over. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's good, on one hand, it suggests that Russia might be low, running low on, um, on ammunition, uh, but it's bad because that's going to mean more civilians die. Uh, let's now head over to the Sunday Times, Sajila. The rest of the world might be in trouble, but with this story, luckily on the home front, it's all going to be... Plain sailing. It is going to be plain Nothing to sailing. See here. Nothing to see here. Just a little bit of retro striking. Um, Who's going um, on strike so now? Not comedians, I hope. No, no. Well, I don't know how we'd strike, actually. I don't think anybody would care. No. no one's going to be picketing for us, are they? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, doctors and lawyers are threatening uh, strikes over pay. Um, they claim that their real wages had fallen by 22% in 12 years uh, and that rising inflation was accelerating losses. Now, they say, the officials, that this strike, it would take place... I know, I know you're scared when it's going to take place. It will take place by early next year at the latest. Hmm. Crumbs. So, you know, there's an urgency, obviously. We're going to wait till next year, because they're really angry. But, Sajila, look, I know that you are of a left persuasion. I, am, I have never hidden my lefty ways. And <laughs> I would say that unions are important. We would yes. be living in Dickensian Britain without them. Absolutely. Things like the min minimum wage are, are a very good policy. But the bottom line is the country is knee-deep in debt. We're in a deficit at the moment, which means even current day-to-day -day spending is, is being paid for through borrowing. 
and that will be the case for the foreseeable future, certainly for the next mm. three to five years. So at the moment, no one's getting a pay rise, are they? Um, well, they are actually. The rich always get richer. They are getting pay rises, and actually, the the, the reason why we're in this state, and this does reek of um, sort of Thatcher kind of era when we had a lot of striking going on. I mean, I think you, it was it was the winter of discontent. Then yeah, we've had we, we're just going to have a lot of seasons of discontent. Well, that, have, was, um, that was under Labour, don't forget. Do you, huh? think, do you think we're going to be discontented if the lawyers go on strike? I mean, oh no, who's well, going to exploit actually, people's misery and leech off them <laughs> and break up families? That's I, my, my wife's a lawyer. That's I shouldn't, shouldn't say anything, but they do when they're when they're starting when they're juniors or um, you know I can't remember there's a there's a term for young uh, junior barristers I can't remember what it is but when when they're they're starting out the they trainees. really do they really do get paid uh, quite quite low amounts um, yeah twelve so it's twelve twelve thousand pounds for new lawyers yeah and that's 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 really, that's way beneath the cost of yeah. living it's not even going to cover the interest no it's not loans. so it does take a sort of special person that does these jobs and junior doctors earn thirty five k although I have to say that the criminal lawyers they go from 12k to 60k yeah. in a few years time so you're sitting pretty aren't you I mean I've just married got, well I've, I've got to say I don't think we even have to debate this do we the cupboards bare the country's broke yeah the country's yeah. broke but why is, is there it? even a debate well yeah the country is broke but also these people still have their costs and I'm I'm going to be proud right. union always and the unions are there to protect us all then you are a member of uh, equity, equity yeah. yeah so it's a union that protects you as an artist yeah. right but if they get their way they will kill the economy they'll make it they'll make inflation even higher because if these pay rises are forthcoming that will be done through more printing of money which is inflationary I don't so think it's, it's like going to. So, I don't think that, the, way, the way that negotiations are going to work, it's not good. They're not going to get everything that they're asking for. But there will be something, you know, it's about negotiating and, and, and meeting in the middle somewhere. Hopefully that these lawyers with legal yeah. aid, with legal aid, it's created an industry. So, for example, with human rights lawyers, the, the people who represent the people coming across the channel in, in dinghies, uh, who are, I mean, it, it's, it's known that they're, they're economic migrants. They're, You're you know, obsessed with the migrants. Well, it's, it's in the you news a lot right now. Absolutely an industry funded by the taxpayer. Uh, basically, it, the, the whole thing, the taxpayer pays at every point, pays for their hotels, pays for their lawyers. It's, it's insane. It's a cyclical and, 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 and I wonder who caused that money-sucking Yeah, but I wonder who caused that. You see, that, that was a decision. Remember that, oh, yeah, that's right, we were going to go for Brexit because one of the things that we sell Brexit on and one of the things that we always sell any politics on, you know, what Biden's trying to get his thing now, like, you know, it's always around migrants. It's always around immigration immigrants, illegal, they're coming over here, they're taking everything, and that's always, always used. I don't know why you laugh, because it's, 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 you've, done, yeah, you've, <laughs> you've, done your, you've done well in your career by, by kind of like, you know, having a go at them. But the I'm thing is... Having a go at them? Yes, I, I, yes. I am a migrant. You are I'm not a Scotland. migrant. I am a migrant. You are not a, a migrant. And I'm from a mixed-race family. Yeah, well, I think... And, I, I think and I've got to and say my wife we You are not a mixed-race family. My wife is from a completely separate country. Leo is an immigrant, and we were asleep at the wheel when he got in, but, no, no, man, I'm pulling up the ladder. Let's talk about Scottish values. <laughs> you know, talk about British he values. threw his mobile phone and his papers into a field when he crossed Hadrian's yeah. Wall. It was Rebecca Vardy's phone. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> but, why, but, why we let you in. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know why briefly, we let you in. Briefly on that one. I mean, we we have very high net migration into the UK. Mm. There's no clear evidence from recent polling that the Brits object to the principle of migration in the tens or even hundreds of thousands. Uh, they voted for Brexit so that it would be our decision as to who comes no. and who doesn't. But most importantly, 
you cannot conflate legal migrants with people crossing the channel, breaking the law to enter this country. Absolutely. Uh, uh, OK, so we've gone from um, strikes, right, yeah. and the point I was making about Brexit, which, of course, as I say, now you're both obsessed with migration, because I was actually referring well, to the strikes, right, which was... You mentioned like, basically the Brexit, no, the Brexit. You started it. Yeah, I started the Brexit thing because Brexit basically has led to part what's happened in the... Uh, and, of course, it's under the same government, and what's been happening, you know, during lockdown, that was all down under this government. It's not down under Labour government, well, although I don't have much to say about Labour either. But well, they it's wanted not... more lockdowns, they, 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 Oh, please. They, can we stop We'd this? Still this tribal, can we stop this tribal thing? It's, it's like, <laughs> our people didn't want this, your people wanted that. No, we're all the Kiss same. Arm, we are Kiss all... Called Freedom Day we reckless. are all the same, right? We are all having the same issues, the same fights, everything. It doesn't matter if you're right, it doesn't matter if you're left, it doesn't matter if you're a child of an immigrant, if you're not a child of an immigrant, we've all got the same stuff well, going on right now. Well, if you were somebody now. that was saying for two but years, making don't shut by... the economy down for a respiratory virus, then you're not the same as everyone else. If, if I, sorry, would you... If, you're, you really... one, if you're somebody that said don't shut down the economy for two years for a respiratory virus, then you're not the same as everyone else. No, we went... It was a world pandemic, right? Let's just get this straight as well. This whole argument about should we have done this during lockdown, should we not, I don't know. I actually don't know, because I'm not a medical person. Well, I'm not a person who's making it, the and decisions. those people are the same people on the left who are now pushing for pay rises. Hmm. Oh, my God. It's like... Can you not see that they are in exactly the same position as all of us? So if they just happen to be with the union and they're asking but the unions to had fight for them. We could afford those. So what is, it, what is it? Okay, I don't have all the answers, Mark. Do you have the answers to this? I don't know what well, the answer is. Well, it involves ro rolling, going back in time two years and not shutting the country down. <laughs> well, let's uh, watch of course, let's and then who who was responsible for that though? Was it this government? Your well, people, the right, if we're going to be tribal? Absolutely, which is, which is why I've been very critical of Boris Johnson for two years, for giving in to Sage and, and Valance, uh, Sage, Valance and Witty. That's, uh, but, but, but anyway, go on, go on, Leo, thoughts on this? Uh, the uh, lockdown. Look, well, I mean, this, we, this, how do we unpick all well, of this? I think we're just, because we've got uh, such low unemployment right now, workers know that they've got a lot of leverage, because it's not like you can get new people in to, to fill these roles. And, uh, you know, to be honest, junior doctors, they are quite low, lowly paid. I mean, they could, junior doctors could get a 20 grand pay rise by quitting and becoming a tube driver. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it is. And what's easier, like doing brain surgery or driving a tube train that doesn't even have a steering wheel? And, and Sajila, I actually take your point, right, which is it is now... 2002, what is it? June the 9th? I have no 12th. idea what day it is. 12th, 12th of June, right? <laughs> It's the 12th of June. And you are so right, which is we are where we are. And there's actually no point. I argue this with, with Brexit people, because I voted Remain. It's like, folks, Brexit's happened, move on. You know, and, and you don't want to be banging on about Brexit. It's happened. Um, and I agree with you the same about lockdowns. It's in the past. It's happened. But my, my point or my question is, you know, we are where we are. The cupboards bare, uh, the country's skint. So, who deserves a pay rise? I would argue that lots of people deserve a pay rise. Me. But, but. Yeah, we do. There isn't, there isn't anybody, anybody who justifies it with a country in such economic trouble. Okay, so are we having a go at doctors? Yeah. I don't want to have a go at doctors because I think <laughs> they've earned. The, I think they've earned those rises. I think they worked beyond. What did they uh, do during beyond. lockdown? What, but, tell me one thing doctors did during lockdown. Oh gosh! You know, I said I'd give him Chinese birds under the table. Pay rise for doctors is that worth an extra percentage of inflation? It's look. It's not. At the end of the day, we can argue this out. But who is responsible? It is it's our government? Hmm. Fair point. Absolutely right. It's all about opinions.
Now let's crack on and let's go to the Sunday Telegraph where perhaps working from home isn't the great force for democracy. It's been sold as, Sajila. Oh, OK. So we are moving on a little bit more after our lengthy little, little discussione earlier on. So, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is more propaganda or, uh, you know, to make people go back to the office, because um, I, I, I never trust anything, so I just think, I wonder if this is coming from somewhere else. Yes. But anyway, yeah. um, basically how working from home is making Britain more unequal. So staying from the office boosts affluent areas, but has a worrying effect on poorer communities, um, and this is the Resolution Foundation who are warning this. So the positive um, areas outside of London, um, the, the working from home boost is likely to particularly benefit um, relatively affluent areas like Rochford, Castle Point, East Cambridgeshire and South Staff Staffordshire, for example. All the areas that I don't really know. Um, and on, on the other hand, like not where it's not working so much because of, um, you know, financially like the sort of uh, less affluent is uh, areas like Manchester, Newcastle, Norwich. Um, all of which have been have got more deprived um, uh, English local authorities, and they've uh, estimated to have lost out in the new working from home trends. So, I mean, that's that's interesting because we haven't really considered, I guess, the long term effects of working from home. Like, I mean, the genie's out of the bottle. Once you've had remote working, you 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 know, it's unlikely that people want to then go back to the office, and that's quite right because I, I know we talked about this before in the show, didn't we, Mark? Um, where we are going to have to look at the new what, what normal is and just deal with it. And yes, of course, if everything's sinking down, the economy and everything else, you know, the unions, whatever, everything else that comes out from the news, yeah. then perhaps this is one, one more thing that we have to kind of iron out and work. And I, I know... think you're right. I think your metaphor of the genie out of the bottle is is very apposite. That the bottom line is that work from home has worked for millions of people. If they've got kids, they can take their kids mm. to school, mm. pick them up at 3.30 in the afternoon. If they've got pets, they can look after them. And many feel that they're actually more productive at home yeah. and they save a fortune on commuting. And, you know, you can access porn if you want to, unlike the politicians, we, yeah. you have to do it in the, in, you know, in the, in the, uh, the workplace, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, this, this <laughs> story, the, the whole essence of this story is rich people have a better time working from home. And it's like rich people have a better time everywhere because they're rich, that's the whole point of getting rich. <laughs> and they should have a better time. Rich people should, what's the point of anybody doing anything if it's all exactly the same? So, you know, if you're rich, you get a better car, you get a better uh, Russian bride, you get a better Fabergé egg. Uh, if you're poor, you get boring, you you know, chocolate eggs or no eggs or an egg that came from a chicken. So, you know, rich people have a better time working from home. Yes, they do. And they should do. Good, good point. So should we then maybe get rid of rich people and make them go to Rwanda? How about we aspire to be rich people ourselves and oh. then we could have a nice time working from home. <laughs> It'll never think, catch on. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the issue is that uh, I agree with you, we, we must adapt. It's a bit like Brexit, isn't it? Which mm. is that you know, some people love Brexit, some people don't like Brexit. But what Brexit is, is it's a reset for the economy. It's a recalibration. It's, it's a shock which will be adapted to over time. And I think work from home is like that too. And I think work from home will come at a price. We have to accept that, don't mm -hmm. we? That it will impact communities. Mm. It will, in the short and medium term, perhaps affect the economy too. 
I think, yeah, I think, I, I know you said about cafes and yeah. bars and all that stuff, but then actually isn't there a case to be made for working from home and remotely when uh, the cost of living is so high yeah. that, you know, you don't have to pay. And obviously I know that, you know, in London-based organisations, like there'll be like London waiting issues, which they have to kind of battle through. But once we get through this, I think it's a really, a force for good, because it's like a, a much better work-home life um, for all of us. What about productivity? What about idlers, people who are lazy. Oh, the skivers, they still need to be in trouble. They still need to be called to HR. I'm sorry. I ain't got time but for the skivers. Isn't it harder to police lazy workers from home? Um, no, I don't think it is, you know, because I think you still see what, what work they're doing. But I, I definitely think the skivers need to go to HR and be told off. Little smack, 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 naughty, naughty, naughty. Make them turn up once a week. For yes. Their, their dressing <laughs> down. See, I told you we'd see Cruella de Vil. <laughs> Didn't take long. The Mail on Sunday, Leo, and a story that in San Francisco, crime does pay, or at least it used to. No, crime, crime doesn't pay. This is, uh, this is the, the DA, the district attorney. I always wondered what a DA was. I watched all those cop films. Oh, yeah. I was talking about a DA. So district attorney is sort of like the, the head of the CPS for a, for a city, like the Keir Starmer of a city, but probably more effective. Apart from in San Francisco, where they had a DA who wasn't effective. He was elected in 2019, and his pledge was to, um, to sort of lock up fewer people, particularly black and brown people, because uh, this is in the, in the wake of uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and all all the rest, all the rest of it. So, um, so 60% of uh, San Francisco San Franciscans have voted to recall him from office uh, because his policies have been an absolute disaster. San Francisco is now a hellhole of rampant open air drug abuse, car breakings, uh, aggressive shoplifting. I don't know how that's different to regular shoplifting. <laughs> Homeless encampments uh, and fouling of pavements with human excrement. Um, and there's 10,000 homeless in, uh, in California. Yeah. So, you know, people, obviously San Francisco is a super woke place, everybody's nicey-nicey, but the old saying is, you know, a conservative is just a liberal who's been mugged. And now they're finding out that when push comes to shove, all these nicey-nicey woke liberals actually want some law and order in their streets when it's just, you know, rows of, of tents with homeless people. So Gwyneth Paltrow, Kim Kardashian, Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg uh, are showing support for, for more hardcore candidates. Down in LA, they've got a, a more, uh, you know, a harsher uh, former Republican candidate called Rick Caruso, who's, uh, who's looking likely to be elected down there as well. And it's just it's funny to see all these wokists uh, who, you know, the, three years ago, two years ago, they're all, you know, Black Lives Matter and defund the police. And now they're like, well, actually, we tried that. Didn't work very well. Let's refund the police. Yes, I mean, America is a useful political and social control in the experiment, isn't it? Because different states with different policies mm. can be very instructive about what the best policies are. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, got, I, got, I, I was listening to you, um, Leo, but I was just kind of reading this thing about Snoop Dogg basically uh, saying on, on, on Instagram, we need Rick to get our streets cleaned up and functioning. Um, well, Snoop Dogg and all your celebrity friends, and who was defecating on the street? Was it, was it Amber Heard? Another defamation suit there. <laughs> or defecation suit. Even. Um, <laughs> Rather, uh, <laughs> but yeah, all these, all these like famous people like, like saying that they want law and order. Why don't they contribute and like help the? Because initially it was to stop like mm. basically if you're poor, you're, you're, you know you're stealing food, then let that kind of. I think there was some good evidence in that. Mm. But obviously you need you can't have like free for all. But they could be doing a little bit more for the communities. Yeah. I think. I think I'm certain you're right about that. Well, let's move on now to the independent 
and a story about racism at Lancashire University that contains within it a surprising twist, Sir Jim. Oh, yes, this is like a little little twist. We love a little twist, don't we? Um, so, Lancashire University suspended black students who blew whistle on racist incidents. Um, so, two black students spoke out after um, uh, 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 they, they'd basically seen a, a white peer who had um, basically done the unholy trinity of racism, which is a racial slur, plus the N-word, plus a swastika, a swastika on, on the chest. Swastika? A swastika, the swastika. Oh, my God. Yeah, swastika on the chest. So it's quite heavy going, and this is, this is, I mean, this is serious stuff. And so they obviously went to the, um, the student board and told them, and in response uh, to the, all the social media posts, the university leaders told the black students on Monday that they had been suspended for bringing the organisation into dispute, uh, uh, whilst the investigation into race and complaints against their white peer remain ongoing. So quite shocking, isn't it? Shocking, but the twist is, and I'm, and I'm not sure that these poor girls like didn't see this, is that um, the, the, the guy, yes, all these things happened. These three racial slurs were on the chest and it was posted, but it was posted by a guy who was ha playing a drinking game, which is basically, what is the most offensive thing you can oh. post? And so he basically then, the most offensive thing, and his girlfriend, who's black, um, wrote this on his chest, and somebody, he said, he, he had given no consent to have his photograph taken, had taken the photo and then posted it. So it's obviously going to be investigating. That's quite, that should, but I feel sorry for the two girls, because they've just, what they've done, and which is what a lot of people do, is like, um, they'll see something, and this is all sides, right? This is all sides, whether they, whether it's racism, whether it's like a transphobia, or whether it's a, you know, left and right. Mm. When do we start hating each other so much? But if it's, yes. when they were, whoever it is, they'll see one word, especially Twitter's, really like, you know, you see one word, and then you just take offence, mm. because you think it's, that's the thing that's against you. And they haven't really, yeah, without, without read the, the whole context, story. Yeah. Without the context of knowing that this is a drinking yeah. game where people had to do the most outrageous yeah. things. We've we got these games now, like Cards Against Humanity, where it is the most, you know, you do the yeah, most yeah, outrageous yeah. things and it becomes a hilarious thing. And it's not done with any malice or with any intent to bully or make somebody feel bad. But it's bad. in that moment as well. It's in that moment between... So, obviously, these girls didn't know this. They don't have privilege. But that photo being posted, I guess, um, you know... Uh, I mean, I feel sorry that they've been... The, the, the universities handled this really, really badly. And it does come yeah. in the wake of universities being accused of racism, but they could have handled this better, like spoken to the girls and told them a little bit more what's going on. Um, but we don't know who the couple is um, because, and I know you've got to move on. <laughs> uh, well, look, it's, uh, it is a, a very strange story which seems to have uh, come full circle. Let's see if we can squeeze in one or two before the break. Uh, Mel on Sunday next. And I remember when sex education at school was just a picture of nude hippies. So what are the kids being taught nowadays, Leo? Well, have you got that picture? Sounds great. On my phone. Brilliant. <laughs> we'll see that after. Well, this is another education thing. So, uh, basically, schools are farming out their sex education. It's, it's in the curriculum that you've got to deliver sex education. They've got a private contractor called BISH, which uh, stands for Best in Sexual Health. Charges £500 a day, which uh, you could actually hire somebody to have actual sex with you for that. Uh, but they deliver these sex education sessions at, at schools. Uh, but in their online guide, They've got a section on rough sex and they, they claim that being blindfolded, held down and having pain inflicted or being held captive are some of the things you can do. And it's like, you shouldn't be telling children this. This, is, this could go terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. They uh, list choking as an activity uh, you can do, even though non-fatal strangulation became a crime last week as it was included in the domestic abuse bill. So it seems like ridiculous.
ridiculous advice for for children. Um, so they, they they've also got the you know standard sort of woke thing of you know you can't say a man's penis, you've got to say a person's penis and all that sort of stuff. But basically, there's a lack of lack of regulation in this uh, in the sexual health delivery. Um, so you know these and these people are are doing delivering this training, this education at some of the top schools. You've got Westminster School uh, and King's College School in Wimbledon. So if your children go to either of those schools, they're getting taught to choke people. I think this is disgusting. This story. Uh, this this uh, 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 you know these people need to really because the thing is like um, we do need reform on sex education. I think in the schools and what what our children are learning because you've got to understand that like young people um, get. Uh, access to porn really easily, you know, and it's not real sex. It's not. We're not teaching about real sex. What, what is like, sex is like? Real. What sex is like in a loving relationship? It's it's you know it's porn is like centered around what men want. You know, yeah. and it can be, it can be a a, well, it can be degrading and dehumanizing women as well. That so there is there is um, you know uh, I guess. Like there is an ethical porn out there which shows that there is. I know you're laughing, but there is actually ethical <laughs> porn out there. I, I, yeah, I did some research. Well, there, and also, <laughs> what happens in ethical porn? Ethical so they porn. Eat they, they, it's cause, <laughs> they eat organic couscous. Right. Well, also the uh, before they, they, you know, they take them out for dinner and they wine and dine them, and then, um, and you then, know, and then what, what rhymes with that? <laughs> <laughs> but also the thing with this, I mean, if, if you're a teenager, you don't need to be choked and slapped and all the rest of it to, to, you know, get your rocks off. When you get to our age, you do need to do all that stuff. You know, you need to dress up in a rubber suit and you know watch videos of Labradors and all all that sort of stuff. But when, you know, yeah. young people don't need that. Why don't don't no, deliver young people, that same yeah, education yeah, yeah, to I young agree. people? And deliver it to us. It's, and it's also, it, you know, obviously there's this fetishizing stuff as well. But like young people, I don't, I don't want like their foray into sex to be including like thinking it's okay to strangle women. It's, like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's appalling. That's but, disgusting. But does it tell us that the sort of extreme woke end of of this ideology is is amoral? That it wants to normalise these strange fetishes? That this this whole kind of woke idea that everything's groovy, man. Goes to this extent, and that's why it's so. Bad. I don't but think this is woke. I think this. Really? I don't. I don't know if is this is woke at all. I think, woke I think it's pretty woke. But I don't think these are strange fetishes or strange sexual practices. They're strange in the context of, of school children, sex education. Children, yeah. You should be teaching about safe sex and mm. basically not having sex, and not getting STDs, and not getting uh, pregnant. That's yeah. the that's the stuff. Not you know not weird Eurotrash uh, style dressing up as a teddy bear in the woods. Yeah, and that's, that's there's there's levels, and we've got to start at level one, not at level fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which. I must get my teddy bear outfit <laughs> to the dry cleaners. Tomorrow's Daily Star is where you'll find a great dentist story via the gym. Leo. Oh, yeah, so basically, a dent I shouldn't laugh, actually. There could be some fat people watching who'll find this incredibly upsetting, but a dentist surgery has been accused of fat-shaming its patients after it banned anyone over 20 stone from sitting in its chairs. So, you know, dental chairs, they've got loads of buttons, they can move around and stuff, they're very expensive. They cost £20,000. That could pay for five lawyers. So, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to break them, and uh, they've already been broken twice by some of their heavier customers. Although you'd think the, the heavier customers would be the best customers for a dental surgery, you know, all those sweets and cakes. So they've, they've written to the customers saying, listen, if you're a big fat one, don't come in and get your teeth done because you're breaking our chairs. I think they, they phrased it another way. But they way. did put it very polite, a bit politer than you just implied. Yeah. It was done in a polite that, way. That was the essence of it. Yeah, the, yeah, that was the, the essence of it, yeah. I kind of say, um, I kind of see the dentist point in, on this. 
uh, and and like some of the, um, I think that his patients were called, what they patients? I don't know. Gentle yeah. people are patients. Yeah, patients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they were saying it was fat shaming, but I don't think it was necessarily fat shaming. I think it's just being practical. However. On the other side, there, there, there is, you know, they do have a case in terms of breaking the law because if it's um, obesity, it, it, you know, with a disability, then that is one of the protected characteristics. Oh, but yeah, unfortunately, but on, there's, no, there's no way to protect they your, always say your chair. I've got an underlying <laughs> health condition. Oh, it's my glands, it's my whatever it is. Well, it's these like, things man, are how come, well, how come when, they, when you go to a starvation zone, there's no fat people sitting there being like, oh, it must just be my hormones. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, no, if you eat less food... You lose okay, weight. So that was a bit where you just wanted to have a little go at fat people. Yeah. And that's fine. I was just the saying, I was just kind of agreeing with people. you. I was, just, I was just agreeing with you. They should get saying, those harnesses that they carry like rhinos that they've like uh, shot with a tranquilizer. Why is that like the Channel 4 documentary where they have to be like, like literally craned out of yeah, their house? Yeah, dismantle the whole side of a house. Yeah, well then that them. way, surely they've already got a chair that you could probably do the dental work on. Just take the dental out well, and out and out. You, you know, very often when, when people people decide to go on a diet, there's a tipping point moment. Uh, back in the day, it used to be holiday photos, didn't it? You know, people would look at a picture of themselves on holiday and go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to, you know, and, and you get it with smoking, you get it with drinking. There's a sort of tipping point moment when somebody that wants to change their life kind of thinks, "Right, now's mm. the moment." Uh, do you not think that for the country? Uh, the moment is when people are so big they're breaking dentists' chairs. Is, <laughs> is that not the point at which yeah. we have a conversation I think, about I think that's like, you know, that lockdown weight might need to be shifted. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, this is a judgment-free zone mm. from me because I just think we live in a toxic food environment. No, I agree. Where and we're the, surrounded and, and, by yeah. junk. Yeah. Delicious you food. Know? And I, I sympathise with people who are overweight because I think it's no different to a, a smoker on 20 a day that so much of the food that we eat is highly addictive, very processed, and, and therefore, but we've got to do something, haven't we? Rather yeah, than just no, I agree, you do, this. but you do look at, like, you know, obesity is kind of really, like, a, again, it's, it's um, a socio-economic thing as well. It's I like, don't like know, that, you know. I, I, what, How many rich, fat people do so you know? So many. Look at that King Henry think, guy. King Henry, King, the King whatever, Henry who killed all his wives. Dead. He's dead. He's yeah, gone. but when he was alive, he was, he was alive. enormous. He, it's because he ate all the chicken and then threw the chicken behind him, that's why. You are absolutely right that obesity particularly impacts the poorest, and I totally agree with you. And also... But... Uh, the whole of society is overweight now. The nation's BMI is too high. Uh, the prediction Are you is saying our post-lockdown, or are you saying, like, even before lockdown? as well. You know, the whole I... country has put on weight. Because it's interesting you said that. If you, like, see a photo of a beach and stuff, or, mm. you know, you think, oh, my God, I need to lose weight. And I think, actually, what the last years have done, we don't have to look at ourselves. We don't have to, you know... Um, I think when I, when, when I started working here, it was like, oh, my God, I, what, what clothes do I wear? What do I do? What do I do with my makeup? I don't... Because I was totally out of the loop I know, of, I know, I know. of, you know... Um, kind of like, and, and all my friends were the same. And now we're all a bit too anxious to see each other because it's like I had a reunion with some uni friends recently and I was like, oh, no. And I think everybody was feeling that. It was like, oh, man, like, dude, lockdown. I could, I could have had those two years to kind of, you know, yeah. get my beach body sort of thing. <laughs> well, that's it. Oh, look, it's interesting. It is a conversation that will we'll continue. But, uh, but I guess, uh, you know, I, I think the problem will, will get so huge, no pun intended, that we, we've got to do something. <laughs> Sajila, tomorrow's Metro has given me an idea for a possible new career if things get tough. Oh, God, this is this has made me feel a bit ill. <laughs> so, OK, um... So, uh, Putin's guards 
uh, apparently collect his poo on trips abroad and take it back to Russia. Um, and I'd love to see the morning debriefing Kremlin, like who's collecting Vlad's poo, lads? You know, oh, <laughs> it's just like, so apparently Vlad in Putin is, is, is paranoid and his bodyguards, his special bodyguards, or otherwise known as the, uh, you know, the ones that drew the short straw, um, they, they, when he goes abroad, they collect his poo and take it back to Russia with them and they have it in a special um, dedicated briefcase. It's, they, called, they, it's called the Putin. The, the Putin, yeah, the Putin. That was, that was a good... Nicely done. That was good. That's, that's was why we paid the yeah. Give this um, man a pay rise. Yeah, <laughs> my defecated suitcase is better, though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, basically, he, he is... Because, OK, so there's, a, there's, a, there's actually a more serious point to this. He, we've talked about it before, that he might be ill. There might be something that he's wrong with him. Um, and somebody's saying that he might have some kind of cancer, and which means that he hasn't got two or three years to live. Um, and that is a really important fact to know because that means that he, we don't know what he would do. If you've mm. only got a little time to live, he could, you know, whatever he's got left, all those bombs, it can like be, he, he's got nothing to lose. Because he's, you know, and that that would be a way to go, just like get rid of everybody and get rid of everything. Or he so can, it is quite or he dangerous. Can find God and make peace with everybody. Go, go, oh, think, he's not likely to side. do that. What was interesting? Joseph Stalin uh, spied on uh, Mao Zedong, the, the former uh, leader of China, when he came to to visit in Russia. Uh, so Stalin had his poo, had Mao Zedong's uh, poo collected and analysed for any health issues that could give him any sort of leverage or information or intelligence. That, so I, 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 it's I, a Russian thing. Yeah, but I imagine just like a little person. And just kind of like, right, you know, that's it, you're the poo collector, and just sort of kind of waiting with a little, yeah, just wait, you just catch it because like, mustn't <laughs> ruin it. What a know? great gig. Yeah. Uh, well, look, what about the Sunday Express, Leo? A poll showing who the UK really wants in charge. Yeah, so the, uh, the Express conducted a poll uh, to see who they would prefer to replace, uh, world leaders who they prefer to replace Boris Johnson. And uh, Donald Trump, even though he's not a world leader, uh, he came in first. 26% uh, <laughs> of the British voters, they say, but it's people who responded to an Express poll, so it's not quite the sort of, you know, the, a, a sample across the nation. Uh, Boris Johnson came in, came in number one, uh, way ahead of uh, Macron, who came in, I think, third or fourth with uh, only 7%. Um, so Ursula von der Leyen came in second with 16%. Joe Biden came in with 12%. Putin came in with just 1% of the votes. I mean, it's not much of a choice. Trump, not von der really. Leyen, like, I mean, Darth Vader, like I, one, of the, one of the Chuckle Brothers. Like, come on, give us some proper well, I quite I quite like the idea that if we're going to be moving migrants around, why don't we just move our world leaders around? <laughs> like, we, they all have to do a sabbatical. Great. You know, a sabbatical in yeah. each country. And, like, you know, um, Boris can go to France. Yeah. And, and maybe see what they've been doing, why those dinghies have been coming over, uh, and uh, maybe we could get Jacinta. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, God, no thanks. Uh, no, I like Jacinta. I love going to New Zealand. I love New Zealand. But anyway, so we could just swap them around. I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. A political merry-go-round. Sajila, tomorrow's mirror with a story of the worst or best example of ghosting ever. Oh, so I slept with a man from Tinder, then found out he's married. I told his wife the truth. But tell us the story, Sajil. Okay, we don't so... want to hear about your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> right, so a woman was basically appalled. She, she was dating this guy from Tinder, and then she went back to his place, like, and, and what an amateur. So he takes her back to the marital home, and then she goes to the bathroom. Big mistake, amateur, because he let her go to the bathroom. Women, we check your bathroom, like we take well, your like bathroom Putin. cabinets. Yeah, we, no, we do, we check, we check. When we go into the bathroom, just what, they, what kind of products does he use? You know, what, like, what, all the clues that we can get from the men, right? What diseases has he got? 
Sorry? What diseases has he got? What diseases has he got? Is he using blah, blah, blah? Yeah. So after lifting a towel from a set of shelves, she discovered women's toiletries, including half, uh, hair products. This was especially surprising to our lady here, given that her date, who'd previously told her he was divorced, was bald. So who did these hair products belong to? So be sure of it. It's, she, she was so angered by this, she, she, you know, she was a bit humiliated, so she thought she'd share it with, like, billions of her... Um, uh, um, what they, what's that thing called? Followers. Yeah, followers on TikTok. Mm. And then she asked TikTok, what should I do? And they said, tell the wife. So she did. And she filmed herself telling the wife and had the wife's reaction. And I'm thinking, mm, OK, so yeah, you're not so... It's not doing it so altruistically. You're doing it really for your career. This is a career kind of relationship. Mm. But, yeah, that's, that's it, basically. Would you tell, would you tell your... If you date if someone, you found out, if you found out, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's quite a dilemma. I mean, yeah. It does, it does. One of my friends, funnily enough, when WhatsApp first came out, he messaged his wife. Uh, he sent a picture of his genitals to his wife, but also thought he'd send the picture to his, uh, to his uh, mistress as well. Get the value out of that photo. He didn't realise it would create a group, a WhatsApp group. A WhatsApp group, group with his wife? The two women like ended up like talking, being like, "Who on earth are you? Who on earth are you?" And then they they ended up. He went home. He ended up went home at the end of the day, and they're both in the house. They've made friends, and his wife decided to boot him out. So that's yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. He's a comedian. I mean, I'll the nearest I've got is like yeah. me and Susie Bennett, another comedian who, yes. who basically wonderful comedian. Oh, oh, we should probably move on, shouldn't we? No, no, go on. No, okay. So yeah, we we both like this guy started chatting to us on Facebook, and he was talking to me and to Susie at the same time. Mm. And I said, "Oh my God, he's talking to me. He's talking to you." So we passed the information around, like, <laughs> and it was just like a roundabout Thank of all you. this information, yeah. 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 It all comes and then full circle. Him. Thank you to the brilliant Sajila Kershi and the marvellous, the excellent Leo Kershi. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.